Welcome to Is This Thing On Podcast, hosted by me, Sachin Akrani, and the woman who is to alcohol what vacuum cleaners are to dust. It's Lindsay Bowers. Lindsay, how are you? What an introduction. I'm good, thank you. Well, you are halfway through your glass of wine while I'm about two sips through my IPA. I am steaming ahead of you. I think you need to get that down you pretty quickly. I will do. I will do as you drink. So this is um, it's quite exciting. How are you feeling? I'm actually feeling a little bit nervous. Are you? Um, I was nervous this morning. Uh, she, she might as well give the date, Tuesday the 13th of August 2019. Um, but when I left work at about five o'clock this evening to come here, I got really excited actually. And yeah. we're here. Um, we should say where here is as well. Yes, we are in the Duke pub in Wanstead in East London. And this is my local. It's a very friendly little local. It's very quiet because it's a Tuesday early evening. Um, but why don't you tell them why we're here? We're here to record this podcast. The is this on podcast which I'm struggling is this thing on is this thing on and I made that mistake and I t- and well I text Sachin this name about half an hour well, ago I can tell you exactly when it was because it's in our little whatsapp conversation so it's maybe nine, a bit more than half an nine hour nine past seven on the 13th of August you I was on my way here on the central line which we will discuss specifically um, and we had a name for this podcast which I won't mention because no, I'm going to mention it because Go honestly, it's crap. He wanted to call it the beer and wine, spelt W H I N E, as in whining, the beer and wine podcast. Yeah. Because the premise of it is that we we talk whilst getting a little bit squiffy in a local, don't we? Yeah. And I know you wanted a name that alluded to the fact that we're drinking, but I didn't like that very much. No, I, to be honest, I wasn't convinced. I actually <laughs> mentioned it to somebody today. Uh, when I said I was leaving to go record a podcast. And he said, oh, what's your podcast called? And I said, beer and wine. And he scrunched his face up. Mm-hmm. I thought, that's a bad time. So Lindsay brilliantly messaged me on the way here at 5.35, the power of WhatsApp, telling me exactly what time it was, mm-hmm. with a late, as you wrote yourself, late contender for podcast name, Is This Thing On? And I immediately loved it, but I'm now struggling to say it. Um, but I will remember it, obviously. So we should explain, we are recording this podcast. This is episode one. Episode one with any podcast. We have, As we're recording, we have no listeners by definition. Hopefully, uh, by pushing and plugging this podcast on social media and other outlets, we will get listeners and hopefully maybe 20 episodes down the line, you'll be coming back to listen to this episode. 20? Bloody hell. I'm hoping more like three or four. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But uh, hopefully people will come back and listen to this episode and the origin episode of this podcast. Um, but yeah, no, we're both excited, both a bit nervous about it. I think we should probably explain how we came to this point. So we both met on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We did not know each other before Twitter. I can't actually remember how our paths first crossed at all, um, really. You, I don't know who followed who first, but you messaged me first to ask if you could interview me yeah. for a piece you did. Uh, you write for a football website. I used to, yeah. Um, oh, whoops. Uh, no, there's no, there's no bad feeling about it. I used to write for a website called Football 365 last mm-hmm. year. Um, it was just a casual thing. Yeah. Didn't fall out with them. It's absolutely okay. fine. No awkwardness. You did the piece on me and they were like, do not ever do anything for us yeah. again. Well, it went, not your piece specifically, but there was a series of articles I did with people who aren't into football. Yeah. Talking about football. Mm-hmm. And yours was very, very good. Very funny. Uh, and I really enjoyed doing it. I spoke to you. I spoke to a comedian called Summer Ray. I spoke to a comedy writer called James Felton. And I spoke to the wonderful Grumpy Skeletor. Um, who is a guy off um, Twitter. Also Galactic Keegan, who is another one of these kind of characters on Twitter. James Felton, he's quite good on Twitter, isn't he's he? He's very good, yeah. Can be quite aggressive, very political, but very oh, funny. Oh, God, yeah, no, he's exactly the person I'm thinking of. I think yeah. he's brilliant. James, if you're listening to this, I will be very chuffed. And so. come on, please, because we are going to try and get oh, guests God. on this podcast. Absolutely, yes. Um, but yeah, so I did a series of Q&A style interviews with people. Lindsay was one of them. She was very funny, very good. Um, but they went down... Um, like a massive turd in a small toilet. Uh, people yeah, I remember really reading the comments on mine. Where did you find this silly bitch? People really didn't like How him. How dare she make fun of a beautiful game? I mean, yeah. hey, <laughs> I was making fun out of myself, I thought. But yeah. yeah, No, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, 
I thought it was really funny. I thought it might appeal to people. What I found out um, later on from somebody who writes regularly for Football 365 is um, all the comments are like that. The people who comment on Football 365 yeah. are horrible. And working with The Guardian for 12 years, I can testify to the fact that most people who comment on football articles are generally quite wanky. That might get me sacked, but I don't think it will. Uh, I'm entitled <laughs> to my opinion. Working uh, in social media for over a decade, um, I can attest that any people commenting on anything online are at very high risk of being um, wanky. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you've had um, you've had major issues, haven't you? You've had uh, you did a whole sort of publicising uh, publicising the right word or just revealing some of the yeah, very weird direct messages you get. I mean, it's weird because I'm not a public figure. Um, I'm just a woman in the media who kind of puts herself out there online. I do I do like to go on Twitter and Instagram a lot and it does uh, attract kind of unsolicited, um, just the weirdest kind of messages of either, you know, guys sliding into your DMs being creepy or they just hate you, just absolute woman haters. Yeah. And when they're completely... Um, you know, um, unexpected. Sometimes I will just publicise them and then it doesn't really help matters, but I'm just one of those people who can't not respond to trolls. Um, and I know they say don't feed the trolls, but I yeah. can't help myself. So when you've um, you sort of screen grabbed those di- direct messages from weird men, have you got a kickback from those men specifically? Well, do you know what? The first time it happened on a big scale is... Um, I once got a private message on... I don't know if you were even um, following me when this happened. This is a couple of years ago now. Um, (laughs) I got a private message on Instagram from some guy I'd never met in my life um, saying... I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something along the lines of... um, I want you to sit on my face. Just, you know, out of nowhere. Standard. Lovely. Perfect it was talk. actually during uh, the last World Cup, uh, right. one of during one of the England matches, and I can't remember the guy's name, but say his name was Terry. Don't know why that name's come into mind. It wasn't Terry, but say it was Terry. Um, I screen grabbed the tweet of him asking me to sit on his face, and tweeted it with a caption: "Not now, Terry. The football's on." <laughs> um, in the screen grab, looking back, I should have. Uh, hidden his name but I just tweeted a screen grab with his name oh why not why, why, why do you feel you should have hit it well uh, Piers Morgan retweeted it oh god <laughs> yeah um, so it blew up pretty quickly yeah. and then um, Terry got in touch um, pleading with me to delete the tweet because his girlfriend was going to see it and, and I had a conversation with Terry I said well why do you send stuff like that to girls you don't know online don't you realise how disgusting that is and he, he didn't realize how disgusting oh, it was only a joke like you, why can't you take it as a joke or and then he tried saying oh um my mate my mate logged into my account and sent it and in the end i did feel quite sorry for him so um i did delete it but. we should say why piers morgan retweeted it because you know piers morgan don't you you work for well, him. I, I used to work with him i used yeah. to work on good morning britain um as a digital producer um, of which, you know, show that he um, has hosted for over two years now, I think. Um, so, yeah, got to know him a bit on that. And, you know, he's, he's quite um, prolific on Twitter. So um, I think he's got well over six million followers now. So when he retweeted that, you can imagine a, a lot of his fan, yeah. a, a lot of his um, followers are football fans as well. So it was right up their street in terms of humour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So should we... <laughs> Should we go through our backgrounds a bit? Because we both we both work in the media. So, well, why don't you start? Because you've you've obviously touched on, yep. on um, Good Morning Britain. So I am a journalist and digital producer, and my career has um, primarily been um, kind of doing social media and websites for TV programs, um, mostly daytime TV. Uh, well, entirely day, daytime TV, really. Um, I'm currently working on the Jeremy Vine show on Channel 5. Um, I've been there for about 18 months, and before that I was at ITV for about seven years, working on all of their daytime shows, really. As I said, Good Morning Britain, This Morning, Lorraine, 
Um, so yeah, the weird and wonderful world of daytime TV is where I'm at and I actually really love it. It's, uh, you know, no two days are the same. Yeah, excellent. Well, I work for The Guardian. I've been there 12 years working in sport. Um, various jobs, a bit of editing, a bit of writing, all print-based. So this is my first venture into... Well, it's not my first venture into podcasts. I have worked on podcasts before. I have hosted podcasts before, but this is the first time I've sort of put it together and have had to teach myself how to record it. So we are currently sitting on a long wooden table in the Duke. We've both got microphones uh, by our faces. That sounds a bit odd. We look like we're trying to make contact with aliens yeah. a little bit, don't we? Because <laughs> you've got these big headphones on. Yeah. I'm wearing these headphones and I don't actually know why. I think it's to hear us back, but I, I'm not sure I'm hearing anything through them. I'm going to keep them on because I feel quite cool and professional. Uh, <coughs> yeah, sure. Let's yeah. go with that. <laughs> yeah. Laptops open. I mean, I'm not embarrassed at all. I'm just going to carry on drinking yeah. my wine. <laughs> I, look, I do look very strange, but I'm going to keep them on. Uh, they're on now. Uh, laptops open. I'm constantly looking at it to make sure this thing's recording. Uh, I've got an audio interface, as I've discovered it's known, which is uh, buzzing away with lights, so I think that means it's recording. So, yeah, this is all really new. I've, as I said, I've taught myself over the past kind of year how to do all this. And to kind of explain how I've come to this point is that I've sort of wanted to do my own podcast for a long time, something a bit different, something not sports-related, because I work in sport and I just want to do something that's completely different to it. Certainly nothing football-related, because I think there's about 7 billion football podcasts out there, and I didn't feel like I had anything to offer. Um, so I was always keen. I love podcasts. I've always got three or four on the go. And um, the first thing I had to do was teach myself how to do all the editing. I've been teaching myself, and uh, I'm really, really nervous. I think this is recording, because I think it's okay. But I've been doing a lot of testing at home, uh, mainly by doing short interviews with my, my daughter, eight-year-old daughter. And um, so I think Aww. we're all good. Uh, using a program called Audacity, which is very good, very easy to use. And I was going to do a podcast where I interviewed loads of people and then I kind of got cold feet about it. And then I remembered wonderful Lindsay Bauer had once messaged me, I think you were drunk, but you were sober enough to coherently say in a direct message that you're interested in recording podcasts. I don't know if you remember this. I do, but... Were you drunk at the time? Yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, most of the time you can safely assume I'm probably tiddly. Um, but was it? Was I the first one to bring up the idea? Yeah, you were. Yeah. Was so you, I? you said um, you said you were interested in recording podcasts as well. You said we should maybe do one together. This was a while back. We're going to have to trawl through our DMs yeah. to you know make sure this and, is true. Uh, but always stuck in my mind. So I thought that could be a lot of fun. That could that could be good. So when I started putting this one together, turned to you. You said you were well up for it. We met here, I think it's exactly a month ago, or borderline, because mm-hmm. it was um, it was a Monday, I remember. I think mm-hmm. it was the 16th of July, possibly. Yeah. I had my fiancé and his friends well, sitting nearby. you ambushed me. Without yeah. your knowledge, just yeah, in case you were a murderous creep. Yeah, that was, you'd hid your fiancé and his friend in the beer Around garden the here, <laughs> just in case I turned out to be a psychopath. I met them afterwards, <laughs> they're both lovely, they're both great. Um, and your fiance is going to play a huge role in this podcast. It's very something very exciting happening over the next twelve months. We'll come on to that. Don't reveal it yet. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sort uh, of giving it away okay. by saying fiance, aren't I? Really, you're getting married in what a year's time? Yes, uh, it was a year until our wedding last Thursday. There you go. So that's going to be a running theme of this podcast. Very exciting. What's your fiance's name? As much as possible. Tell the listeners. Um, his name is Mark, but Mark, his yeah. friends know him as Tally. Tally. So uh, sometimes I refer. Well, I should, suppose I should stick to one name. Um, I'll call him Tally. Let's call him Tally. It Tally. Am I allowed to call fun. him Tally? Yes. Well, I mean, which I call him Mark. I'll give you that privilege for Very this podcast. Good. Excellent. <laughs> so yeah, I met Tally in the big garden with his friend. Who's his friend? Uh, I believe it was Felix. It was day. Felix. A lovely He's Felix. An absolute legend. Lovely man. Yeah. So I was slightly ambushed by that, but it was it was great meeting him. Um, yeah, and we agreed on that day we were going to do this, and we've both been away. We've both been on holiday. I've been fine tuning my editing and recording skills. We are now here on the 13th of August recording episode one. And I think we both we both just saying before we start recording, talking about what we sort of want out of this podcast. And I think the point is we don't know and we're just going to go with it. We're going to meet up every kind of two weeks yep. and just talk about life and I about being people in their though, 30s living in this country and things. Well, yeah, we're both in our 30s and we're both journalists. That's pretty much probably the only thing we have in common. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know you well enough to say that, but... You know, you're into sports. Um, I guess my kind of journalistic forte is more kind of lifestyle, entertainment, news, but anything, basically anything apart from sport. Yeah. As you know from doing that um, that interview with me. Yeah. Um, 
But I've completely lost my tangent now. <laughs> what was I going to say? The point of this podcast. Oh, yeah. The point, well, <laughs> the point of this podcast is that we drink while we're doing it. Yeah. Which is why I'm losing my tangent, because I am almost at the bottom right, of my large glass of Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. And you have taken about four sips of your pint so of IPA. I'm going to go to the bar now and get yeah. another drink. Let me get to the bar. Let me get another drink, and then we'll carry on chatting. But I think the point is, um, before we sort of leave this point and completely lose it, is that... We are. We haven't got a set sort of idea for this podcast. Like a lot of podcasts, most podcasts have a very set theme. We're going to go with it. It's just it's about sort of life and about living in London and about our views on things. And we're going to be topical when we feel it's topical. We're going to talk about I think social media a lot. That's how we met. And we've both got strong yeah. views on it. We both experience it on a daily we're basis. We're going to go at each other sometimes, aren't we? Each other. We're gonna I mean, you seem very nice so far, but I'm sure there's going to be something. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like flatmates, up. isn't it? It's like we're sort of living in a virtual flat now. We've yes. moved in. Yes. And you're going to find out that I'm like OCD and very neat and very tidy and very kind of weird Ooh. about it. And I'm going to find out that you leave a towel on the floor. You're going to find out I'm a massive hot mess. Yeah, there we go. And that's going to really cause <laughs> problems. So it's kind of, I would sound really cheesy and wanky saying this, but we invite you listeners to join us on this exploration. <laughs> oh God, of, we've just lost our one listener already. Of podcasting <laughs> life and to go with us. I'm going to steal the, the sort of tagline for Seinfeld and say this is a podcast about nothing. But in that way, it could hopefully be I've never seen You've never seen Tyler Ford. Wow. One of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Um, and that's possibly for another episode. We're going to try and get guests on as well, as I mentioned earlier. We're going to try and get people on maybe to come to the Duke or we'll go to their favourite pub, their favourite local yeah, pub. Yeah, I think if we get guests, we go to their favourite local yeah. and, um, yeah, see how that turns out. Right. So I'm now going to go to the bar and then we will continue talking after this. We shall. I'm back from the bar. I have brought in my round, uh, another Camden IPA for myself. You've changed your drink there, Lindsay. You went Prosecco after mm -hmm. starting on the wine. Do you want to explain yeah. to the listeners why you decided to do that? Um, I think if I have another glass of wine besides that I just had, then I'll start slurring my words. Uh, whereas Prosecco is, you know, a nice little shot of energy. Yeah. Whereas uh, you, well, you actually have to do a lot of catching up. Yeah. You're only halfway through your first pint. I polished off yeah. a massive glass of um, Sauvignon Blanc. Do you know Sauvignon Blanc? Sauvignon Blanc. A few of my ex-colleagues will know. I used to n not be able to say that. I used to go out for work lunches and say, "Can I have a Sauvignon Blanc, please?" And they'd all rip the shit out of me. So, ITV Daytime Online. <laughs> if you're listening to me now, Sauvignon Blanc. You've turned proper classy in your, in your <laughs> yeah. 30s. Now I'm at Channel 5. I'm Should we sort of talk about... I'm just going to throw this in because we weren't scheduled to do this, but it feels important. We, we both felt drinking... We wanted drinking to be sort of central to this podcast. Um, I'm actually not really a massive drinker. I never really have been. Oh, I am. Surprise, surprise, yeah. as, as I struggle well, to stay... By the end of this, actually, you're going to be an alcoholic. I'm an absolute okay? boozer, yeah. This is going to be yeah. my life mission. Um, I mean, what, with me, it was quite funny because <coughs> my, my dad was... Um, an alcoholic? Or no, alcohol. no, no, no. I, I was, was about like, to feel really. No, no, nothing like that. But because it isn't a joke, and I'm not really an alcoholic. Uh, but carry on. Yeah, no, he was an alcoholic, but he wasn't an alcoholic. But he was. He used to drink around the house, and he used to drink a beer called Skoll. Oh yeah, which was, I think a Danish beer. And I used to take sips out of his can when he was watching the telly, and it was disgusting. It tasted like rat poison. Not that I've drunk rat poison, but that's what <laughs> I imagine it tastes like. It was rancid. So I actually, when I was young, like most sort of young lads kind of want to get into drinking and stuff. But when I was a teenager, I kind of vowed to not drink. I thought, well, I've tasted my dad's beer and it's disgusting and I have no interest in alcohol. So I was, I thought I, I just won't drink. And then I think it was just before I went to university, just before I went, I was on a night out with some friends. So I was obviously about 18, just turned 18, late nineties, halcyon days. And um, I had Budweiser. And I always remember we went out to this club or a bar. We just barely looked old enough to get served. And I had Budweiser. And as anyone who's had Budweiser knows, it's really your gateway lager. It's pretty light going. And I quite enjoyed it. I thought, oh, that's quite nice. Went to university, Freshers' Week, obviously, you get trolleyed. Um, and I uh, sort of properly drank then for the first time. Uh, all the cliches, woke up in a pool of sick. Um, horrible hangover. But what I learned was I liked the taste of alcohol. I liked the taste of lager. I liked getting drunk. And then I was off and running, really. But I've never been kind of a massive boozer, like... I'm going to have two pints here and that's probably me done. And even when I was at my heyday in my 20s, when I was at the peak of my powers, two stroke three pints was enough. I didn't really want to go beyond that. 
Um, so I've never been a massive boozer, but I like sitting in pubs. I love sitting in pubs. I like this is a great pub. I'm really enjoying being here. It's kind of chilled out, calm. The, the, uh, the staff are friendly. I far more rather sit in a pub and have a drink with someone than like go to a club and listen to music and all that stuff. Oh yeah, me too. So what's your kind of drinking my drinking story you know, when did you first get drunk for instance um i think the first time i got drunk and actually feeling the sensation yeah. was when i was about 15 in a field in essex um i grew up with parents who like a good time they have a massive social life i still do i've got quite young cool parents and um, throughout my sort of teenagehood, we'd every year go to um, one of their friends' farm in Essex where they'd have um, a big event where everyone would literally pitch up with their tents and we'd camp in their field and do a, um, a cycle, we called it a cycle weekend. We'd get on our bikes and cycle miles doing, between all the pubs in this kind of rural area of Essex. It was great fun. We'd, we'd, we'd always have a theme and get dressed up to the theme. Like one year, it was fox hunts. So we all dressed as um, sort of um, I don't know what do you call do you call them, literally call them hunters? People who do fox hunts. Some have been really thick. Let's go with hunters. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and then a couple of people. Like, I remember my stepdad dressed up as a big bad wolf. Um, and then in the evening, the, the, the people who owned the farm had this big barn and there'd be a massive party in it. And all the kids and teenagers would sort of sit in a nearby field with some alcopops. And, and I remember having a couple of alcopops and feeling like, oh, like this sensation, I quite like it. I feel a bit giggly. Um, and then, you know, throughout my teens, my, my parents would keep an eye on me. Like they wouldn't, you know, let me go mad. Um, and I got in trouble one or two things for like sneaking off to like house parties and things and get grounded but where I could um, I'd be on the Bacardi breezes and Smirnoff ices you know the Alcopops that were rife but could, do Alcopops still even exist these days I don't know I mean the kids today don't drink though do they they are drinking less I've definitely read that they yeah. are, it's I cool mean, to not drink now I think oh my days. god yeah. I mean I've had work experience kids come in to you know to cover me um, and I'll take them to the pub or we go to like a work event and they just won't touch the stuff. Mm. Um, it, it's good, I guess. But yeah. I think our generation is, well, I know with me, um, I'm, how old are you again? 38. 38, so yeah. I'm 34. So we are, we're the same generation, aren't we? Oh, wait, I think so. Oh, no, actually, I'm technically a millennial. I'm, I'm the oldest millennial. I think I'm a millennial as well. I was shocked to hear this because oh, I, I, I always you're refer to... I think to be a millennial, to me- no yeah. offence. Well, well, actually, well, I, mean, I don't want being to a millennial be, is pretty shit because yeah. they've got a bad press. And but isn't it 1980 or 81? Um, and I'm I 80, I was know. born 80. I mean, I don't want to be but one. I think I'm, millennials kind of um, encapsulate people who are far too young to technically be a millennial or class as a millennial it's basically anyone who cares about the environment uh, who's a hipster who likes avocado oh millennial (laughs) millennial millennial I mean doesn't (laughs) avocado (laughs) that's the ultimate definition well you know there's this thing where millennials can't get on a property ladder because they're too busy you know they're wasting all their money on avocados avocados. yeah and I mean I like avocados I buy them almost weekly (laughs) Um, I love Avo on toast, um, but I am in the process of buying my own, my first house. So you're not a millennial. If you own your own house, you're not a millennial. Is that what well, you're saying? Well, I don't know, <laughs> but I think this whole kind of name of a generation thing. I mean, what does yeah. it really mean anymore? Uh, but anyway, I've gone on a massive tangent. Um, my relationship with alcohol. Um, it sounds like the beginning of an AA meeting <laughs> now, doesn't it? Um, I, I, I probably, you know, I think I'm of a generation where we drink a bit too much. Um, and now I'm coming to my, my mid-30s, I am very aware that I should, you know, rein it back a bit. But then this guy off Twitter asked me to start doing a podcast with him where I have to drink while I'm, you know, on a Tuesday night. So you're enabling yeah. me. I like the taste of alcohol. Um I've sort of moved over from lager to... I'm a big red wine fan now. I might, when we do these pods, I might hit the red wine instead of the lager, but yeah. I'm going lager at the moment. Good chat. Yeah, I do enjoy a glass of red wine. But uh, the reason I don't drink too much is not the process of drinking itself. I like a pint. I like, I like the taste of alcohol. It's the hangovers. As I've got older, I've... Well, even when I was a bit younger, to be honest, I really struggle with hangovers. Really? I just don't sleep very well when I've been drinking, properly drinking. Yeah. So how are you with, with post... So the morning after, how are you feeling after a do decent... You know what? 
decent night on the beer, decent I'm night on the quite, Prosecco. I'm okay. It depends. It You have some days where you have a couple of glasses and you can feel it the next morning. And then sometimes I have some days where I drink, you know, a bottle of Prosecco and I'm fine the next day. It's There's many factors. It depends on um, if you've eaten, yeah. how much sleep you've gotten. Um, because I get up early for work. I have to get up at half five tomorrow. Really? Yeah, that's. Up. I yeah. get up at half five because I work. Oh, you would do. You know, yeah, I mean, it's generally fine. It's about ten, isn't it? It's that, it's no, 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 no. It, it's on there at quarter past nine. Quarter past nine. Yeah, wow, that is early. And there's a lot of work that goes in in the morning. So. So um, what time are you getting into the office? I get in at seven o'clock wow. in the morning. Yeah. early. Um, but I know as long as I'm tucked up in bed by eleven, then I'm not going to have too much trouble. Um, I don't really, I'm quite lucky, I don't really suffer from hangovers, I don't want to jinx myself, but I don't really, I'm trying to think of the last bad one I had, um, but I never, I can feel when I'm getting drunk enough that I'm going to feel it the next day, and then I'll, you know, yeah. chug some water, eat something, stop. Yeah, As I'm, I'm, so, uh, when I was in my 20s, I wouldn't do that. I'd just carry on drinking and then feel like shit the next day. But um, I think when you get to your 30s, you do kind of realise your own limits. Have you ever had a two-day hangover? Oh, God, yeah. Like really? three-day, probably. <laughs> three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but not for a while. Not for a while. Yeah, I had a two... I've had it once after my very good friend of mine stagged in 2013. I was rough as anything the following day. <laughs> which was a Sunday. We went to Oxford, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Big sort of session, you know, big boozing night. Sun- the Sunday I was horrific. I actually had to work, couldn't get out of work. Felt awful, got through it, went home, went straight to bed, woke up, thought, thinking, right, got through that. And I still felt really weird. And I went back into work Monday morning, felt, I, th- I thought I was ill. I thought maybe I've got alcohol poisoning or something. And I was talking to my friend Rachel, who was in the office at the time, doesn't work at the Guardian anymore. And I was describing my symptoms, describing how much I drunk. She was aware of how old I was at the time. I was probably, well, I was 32, I think. And she said, yeah, you've got a two-day hangover. That's just what it is. You just get to, as you get to Only your 30s. Only becomes a thing in your 30s. Yeah. She said, well, you're not throwing up. You're not, you haven't got a fever. You haven't got a temperature. You feel rough. That's just a two-day hangover. So one and only time I've had it. But that was, um, yeah, it's that feeling in the morning when, when you just, your head's hurting. And you've got that dry throat. I really dislike it. I don't get... See, I got that a lot in my university days because I drank yeah. a lot of stupid things like snake bite and black. And I'd wake up feeling so dehydrated the next day. But these days I'm really good at drinking a lot of water. I mean, I've yeah. got no water in front of me right now. But before I go to bed tonight, I'll drink a pint of water. Um, but my hangovers these days tend to be... I wake up in the morning feeling fine and dandy, get up, feel fresh as a daisy, probably because I'm still a bit pissed. And then when the afternoon hits, I just slump. Mm and start feeling like shit. The reason we wanted to drink, we spoke about this when we met last month, about wanting to drink, is we thought we'd make us, ourselves a bit, make ourselves more lucid. Yeah. Uh, when we're talking, uh, literally as we're speaking now, and it's quarter to eight on this magical day that we're recording our first podcast, first podcast, you've had a glass of white wine, you're on your Prosecco, you've, you're going mad at it, it's nearly done. How are you, can you describe how you're feeling? Do you, like... Do you feel um, more lucid? Do you oh, feel God, yeah, I feel relaxed. State? I feel yeah. nice and relaxed and um, at ease. Yeah, because I'm feeling warmer, and I know that's from the alcohol. What, from your tube? Actually, from no, to be fair, you have had a whole point I now, have had, I'm pathetic. And about one point I, yeah, of your second one. You're rolling your eyes at me as I say that. But I do feel warm. <laughs> I do feel, um, yeah, more relaxed, a bit more chilled out. So it's working and that's kind of part of the process of this entire podcast I, do, I, I have a lot of vices and alcohol is one of them um, sometimes tobacco is one I'm currently smoking because I'm stressed oh, really? I, I, I don't smoke all the time I'm not a heavy smoker but um, for the last few weeks I've been having one two a day um, are you a historical smoker as in it's not a new thing did you used to smoke when you were younger um, no I've smoked on and off since I was 15 but never ever been at a place where I call myself a proper smoker where I'm smoking multiple a day every day um, although actually having just said that I am smoking a couple of day at the moment can I ask what are you, are you stressed for any specific reason or just a lot I'm, going on in your life obviously at the moment you know planning a wedding well, I'm buying and work, a house and planning a, a wedding house, yeah yeah um, it's you know it's not you know it, it's all good stuff that's happening to mm. me um, but it's just a lot to think about and a lot of th- I'm not a very organised person and um, 
I got engaged in March, um, so you know, a few months ago now, but for quite a while after my well, Tally proposed to me, um, I kind of put my head in the sand and I couldn't be very, um, it sounds awful, but I couldn't let myself be happy about it. I was, obviously I was happy, but I felt scared because I didn't want to plan a wedding. And I, I, went, I went home to Essex where my parents live and I was chatting to them about it. And I actually, I confided them saying, I don't know if I want to get married because I, I don't know where to start. Um, and then I went home and a couple of days later, my stepdad messaged me saying, look, if you, if you get married in Essex near us, I'll organise it for you. And I was just like, yep, yeah, done. Like, and then since then, they, they, both my parents have been absolute legends. They have, you know, kind of just put me in a part, on a path towards doing it. And now I'm excited about it. But the whole kind of initial, I don't know where to start. Mm. It, it was sort of terrifying. So. I don't want to freak you out too much, but um, oh I have... You know, done exams as we all have done. I've gone to university. I've got married. I've moved house. I've had a child. The yeah. most stressful thing I've done of all of those was organise a wedding. Oh really? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! But most people say moving house. Yeah, and moving I'm house is alright. I'm doing that next week. Yeah, no, that was. I don't that feel was, that stressed about that. That was fine actually. That I mean, obviously, there's a lot to do, but that was fine. I think with the wedding, I think what hit me was the big things were kind of fine. So you know, book a venue book a DJ, book the photographer, but even those things kind of take, I think what shocked me, I don't know if you're feeling this already, is the cost of everything. Oh God, Jesus Absolutely. Christ. I mean, everyone yeah. tells you, but you're yeah. still stunned. We're not you... having a big expensive one, yeah. but it, it's still like, you have a budget and then you think, oh, well, you know, uh, I mean, my, my partner's very, he's much more sensible than me and he's less fussed about spending as much as I am, but I, whereas I'm the kind of one who's saying, oh, well, maybe we can push a boat out of this, maybe we can mm. get that. And, and him and my parents are both like, we don't think you realise how much things cost. And I was like, of course I do, but the difference is I'm just, I don't care and I'm going to find a way to make it work. But, I mean, how, how do you make it work? You either have the money or you don't, don't yeah. you? Everything, like every DJ was a thousand pounds. It's like, it's a racket, essentially. Every DJ is, it's like they've got together and gone, we should all charge a thousand pounds because what they're going to have to use one of us. Really? So, um, well, do you know what? We weren't actually going to have a um, DJ because we're well, you're, having you're, quite an unconventional wedding. It's going to be like a music festival sort of. Oh, really? Out, yeah. But also, you're, you're half a musician as well, isn't he? He is, he is, he's in a band. Yeah. Um, and the band is going to play at wow. the wedding. Is he going to play at his own wedding? Yeah, yeah. Wow, exciting. And I think I'm going to sing at the wedding as well because <laughs> I am a guest vocalist in my stepdad's 80s electronic dance <laughs> band, which is the least cool thing that's ever come out of my mouth. But what it are they called? They're called Kiev. Okay, and I they've think. got absolutely no social media. Oh, no, no, tell like we've got a Facebook page. But um, if anyone goes looking for it on the internet, we won't be able to find it. Thank God, because nothing, they're brilliant, but I'm yeah. not a good singer. So. <laughs> and what's Tally's band called? Um, Black Palms. Black Palms. So goth, heavy metal, um, rock? Rock, pop, kind of. Oh, God, they're so, like, precious about... I, I mean, oh, God, they're going to listen to this and be like, no, don't <laughs> describe us like that. Um, they are... Yeah, they're, they're, they're quite heavy rock. They're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I, I'm their biggest fan, and I'm... Well, I am biased, but I am. Um, but yeah. So anyway, your your wedding, I think, is going to be an interesting aspect of this this podcast. Very exciting well, as you well, go through the planning. People really give a shit about I think it. So yeah, yeah, you know, there'll be women listening to this. There'll be men listening to this. Want to know about the planning process? You can give them a few tips. Maybe. I mean, a lot. <coughs> I found when I announced I was announced when I said I was engaged on my social media, I lost a lot of followers actually. I wonder why that was. Well, no, I, 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 I'm sad enough to have apps who um, that tell me who's unfollowed me. Um, and actually, on Instagram particularly, a lot of girls unfollowed me. And really? I was like, it's probably because I just don't want to see the engage bullshit. Which, to be fair, some people do go really over the top of it. I don't think I have. I've, not, I've barely mentioned no, it since I've... You're not on Instagram, are you? No, I hate Instagram. Because whenever I've sort of dipped into Instagram for kind of work reasons or curiosity 
it looks like an area I think, and something quite important to me because it's something I've struggled with, and we'll probably talk about it in this pod at, uh, at various times. Mental health. I think it's, it feels like a place where, if you're struggling in life, you go on there. Everyone's life looks absolutely amazing, and it it will cause you to feel quite bad about yourself. And yeah. um, I, I I mean I'm on Twitter, and we'll we'll talk about this at another That's time. That's a fucking cesspool. That is a cesspool, but I think Twitter at least has a bit of humour, and it yeah. can be it educational, does make me laugh and it day. can make you laugh, and it can be quite human. In Correct me if I'm wrong, Lindsay, but Instagram looks like a really vacuous, quite damaging place. I think. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you're wrong there, but I'd say yeah, it, it's toxic in its own way. And actually, I think the reason why Instagram's so damaging is because it's very subtly toxic. Because on the outside, um, in my job, kind of, I post things on Twitter. I post things on Instagram for my job and you're much 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 more likely to get hate and abuse and trolls and damaging comments on twitter than you are on instagram but with instagram it's not so much what people say to you it's just the subliminal messages that are sent to you via what you're seeing on your feed without you even just scrolling through casually you don't realize the damage it's doing to you and do you know what if anyone kind of feels what we're talking about here i beseech you i say uh if anyone's on reddit go and find this subreddit called instagram reality i've only just recently um discovered it myself and i absolutely love it love it it's just basically people calling out or just kind of sharing pictures of photoshopped people on Instagram because there's people who actually make a living of being so-called Instagram models and they all use this app called Facetune which Mm. makes them look like a kind of weird alien plastic version of themselves you wouldn't be able to recognise them in real life and young people think humans actually look like that I'm a 34 year old woman so I look at these pictures that come up on my feed sometimes and I know people don't actually look like that I know it's all smoke and mirrors and apps and facetune and photoshop and whatever but you think you know if I had a 13 year old daughter would I want her to look at that and think that's what I should look like no yeah well it's a worry for me because so I, you're yeah. right you're right but also I, I do love <laughs> I do love going on Instagram I'm just yeah. you know looking at people's stories you have to basically you have to follow the right people mm. the rule with Instagram is unfollow anyone who makes you feel bad about yourself because yeah. everyone puts their highlights on there I try I, I don't um, I put filters on my pictures um, I've never ever kind of photoshopped or face tuned anything because I think why put out an image of yourself where people are going to be disappointed when they see the real you in real life but what that's just completely counterproductive yeah. isn't it um and it's credit to you Lindsay, that when i met you for the first time a month ago here you looked how you looked on how you have looked on twitter and stuff okay, good because so, i thought actually yeah. because yeah, as you, you walked out with this Lindsay bowers good yeah. because you've seen pictures of me that i put on twitter and yeah, i do use a fair bit of filter here and there um, just to like even out my skin tone, um, but I, I think I still look how I look in my pictures. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm fr- I, I think I've been guilty in the past of overfiltering my pictures, but I would never it's go. It's weird that you even do that. So I'm looking at you now. I've had a bit. I've had one and a half pints, but you. Look You're gonna f- tell me I'm pretty. No, you look fine. <laughs> like you look, I'm not gonna say you look pretty because you've got a fiance and he will kill me. But you look absolutely He's chilled out. It's fine. <laughs> but you look. That's interesting. So even on Twitter, you're using filters? Oh, um, not all the time, no. But um, a lot of the time, yes. Really? I mean, I mean, my, my Twitter picture, my avatar is, is black and white yeah. because I just feel like... Um, I don't know, I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to notice, you know, little crow's feet and... 34. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, but it's not something... I do believe in kind of... I think I think women are at their most beautiful when they're kind of aging and more confident rather than when they've got skin like porcelain and they're unsure of themselves. I think it's all about attitude. And, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, when you're looking at a picture of someone, I don't know. It is, it is I do think, I, I am very glad that Instagram wasn't a thing when I was 21. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Because I think I would have had yeah. a bit of... A bit of self-esteem issues yeah. to be honest it's a real worry you know i've got an eight, you know this worries me because i've got an eight-year-old daughter and she she will grow up in obviously the era of social media and that's going to be that's going to be a thing we have to look out for but i am i totally agree with you i mean i was 
I went to school, I was in high school in the 90s, in the mid, late 90s. There was no mobile phones, there was no social media. And I feel grateful for that because, it's, you know, it was difficult enough, you know, yeah, fitting yeah. in and all the yeah. sort of hierarchies you have in school, let alone the social media aspects of it or even just, you know, who's got the best phone, who's got the, who's got the newest yeah. iPhone. I just don't know how, that's sounding like too much of an old man, I just don't know how kids survive in school now where you've got all the pressures that exist anyway but they don't know on anything top else. of the new things as well. Well, I guess that's, that's true. Thing. That's I think true, we're going to yeah. evolve so that our brains um, can take in more information and more stimulation. But, I mean, it has to, otherwise something's got to give because <laughs> I'm going to feel like an old woman now, but... Almost 20 years ago, I got my first ever mobile phone. I got my first mm. mobile phone when, actually, exactly, like, yes, 20 years ago, I was 14, I think, when I got my first phone. 14, 15. And um, I remember it was, you know, a flip Nokia, something like that. Um, and I remember me and my best mate sitting in my living room, giggling, texting each other, even though we were sitting next to each other, because it was so you know, high tech and weird that we could send text messages to each other. And as a teenager at that age, all I could do was just text my friends. I couldn't go on the internet. And and then the internet came along and obviously the internet existed back then, but no, it wasn't used as widely, nowhere near as widely as now. Um, And it's maybe with a generation that's going to be the most damaged because we've gone from one extreme to the other oh, whereas kids yeah. growing up now they're used to the overstimulation they're used to growing up with iPads yeah. in their hands I don't think I ever held an iPad till I was in my 20s yeah. you know whereas three year olds are holding them now yeah. so how is a human brain going to evolve with kids growing up with all this stimulation around them I'm that's really interesting you say that actually because um, just to touch on that I'm uh, an issue that may come up as we as we do this podcast i've got uh, i struggle to sleep sometimes i've got real kind of sleep issues and i had a bad night's sleep last night and one of the reasons i think is because i was tw- i was on twitter at like 11 30 last night i was just kind of looking at things and i literally put my fo- i stopped looking at my phone i went straight to bed but my brain was still buzzing and i thought and i, I thought i knew straight away i'm going to struggle to sleep here and I'm sort of vowed to myself, I've done it previously and I'm now going to do it again. Don't look at your phone from about sort of 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So I know I need to wind down. And that's interesting what you say, because I think we are that generation where when we get that injection of social media or phones of, of electronics, we're still struggling to cope with it, perhaps. But yeah, those who are 10 years younger, they will be able to look at their phone at 11.30 at night, look at their tablet, look at their iPad, look at their iPad, whatever. And it's just normal, isn't it? It's just what they what they're used to. But we're not doctors, so you yeah. know it it probably is still causing them damage. But I don't know, like how does it work? I I need to ask a doctor or a psychologist about this. If someone grows up with that sort of constant stimulation, do they just become acclimatised to it, yeah. or is it still damaging? I think it's damaging. But I think they're acclimatised to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think they, it doesn't affect their lives on a day-to-day basis. It doesn't affect their sleep patterns, perhaps. But it's probably in the background doing something that isn't quite right. Mm. So that's quite interesting. So I think before we kind of wrap up this introductory pod, should we do what I said we were going to do? Yes. Should we try and wrap through yes. it? So, but I need another drink first. So you're going to go so. for a drink. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to the ladies as well. You're going to go to the ladies. I'm fine. Don't get me a drink. No, as yeah, I yeah, said, yeah, I'm two pint Nakrani. I'm on my second pint. You get a drink and we will continue this. I'm just going to get another glass of Prosecco to carry me through this last yeah. bit. Well, you get another drink uh, and then we will carry on this podcast. Lindsay's back from the bar. Another glass of Prosecco I see you've gone with. The barman asked me how the podcast is going. Really? And I said, well, I'm having another drink and it's not. But I just stumbled my words there. So. <laughs> Do you want me to edit that bit out? No, no, no this, we'll is, keep it this in. is all real, this is all raw. It's live and it's raw and it's real. <laughs> no, I think it's going well. The listeners might, the, our two listeners may disagree, but I think it's good. It's interesting, you're having a chat. And it's but kind of one of us is more tiddly than the other. Which one do you think is more uh, tiddly than? Me. You, <laughs> really? Because I've drunk double the amount you have. Yeah. No, it's good, it's excellent. Right, so we are now going to end this podcast with a sort of Q&A session. So what I've done is the um, the Guardian Saturday magazine has a Q&A with uh, celebrities uh, every week, obviously, uh, which I always find quite an enjoyable read. So I've printed off the latest one, which is with the actress Anna Friel, uh, obviously famous for her lesbian kiss in Brookside Inn. Do you remember what year it was? I've got it here. Um, 
I never watched Brookside, so... 1994. How old were you in 1994? Oh, God, don't make me do maths. Uh, oh, actually, that's quite easy. I was 10. 10, I was 13. And use this as... Um, way to get to know each other a bit more so mm-hmm. yeah because we don't actually know each other no, really we, still this is so literally the second time we've ever met you're going to listen to us getting to know each other yeah. over the course of this podcast well, right, so let's do these questions so these are the questions that the guardians weekly magazine put to anna Friel, the saturday just gone uh, i will go through the questions in turn i'll ask your answer Lindsay, okay. and then i will give you mine if you're interested uh, you can get as deep as you want, or you can just be as frivolous as you want. Whatever you like. You're on okay. your third drink. You're in your second glass of prosecco. So okay, feel free. I am feeling the warmth flowing the through warmth. my veins I'm right fe- now. Very. I'm definitely feeling the warmth. But I did. I did have a little kind of. I kind of scanned for questions earlier, and a lot of them made me think. Oh shit. Oh, mm, how am I gonna? And I, in the end, I just handed you back the sheet and said, "I'm not gonna just. Yeah. I'm not gonna think about it. Let's just." Give them to me. Well, I've prepped this a little bit, obviously, because yeah. I'm the one so to come up with it. Fashion is prepared. I'm not, basically, not is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So let's see how that it might, goes. That might make your answers more interesting. might make my answers mm. more interesting. We will, <laughs> we will find out. Let's do this. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Right. When were you happiest? Now, doing this podcast of you. You're ridiculously <laughs> kind, Lindsay Bowers. Tell the truth. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um... When I got proposed to. Yeah, that's a very valid answer. Yeah. Um, I would say um, two sort of separate times with me. I would say when my daughter was born, January the 19th, 2011. Yeah, obviously amazing day. My wife might not like to hear this, but the other time was, I I think when I was 25, the summer of 2006, I just remember being really, really happy. I was 25. I went on two great holidays with my friends. Um, I lived in an amazing flat in South London. Um, I was enjoying my job, and I just remember sort of feeling at that time just like really happy. And I think, I think, say anyone listening to this who's in their twenties, absolutely absorb and get the most out of your twenties because it is without doubt, in my opinion, you may disagree. I think the best decade of your life, and um, I just think it's a great. So you're, uh, you're looking at me as like someone. So who your wedding isn't. Um, it was a good day. It was good. What's your wife's name? Moni. Molly. Money. Money. Yeah. Money. I've got you, girl. I'm gonna. I'm gonna absolutely Rinse skewer him death. for this. Yeah. No, I think no. The way look, it was a great day. But I think my daughter being born and being in my mid twenties were two kind of. I think. I think happiness. Like we can get quite Money, complex, get deep, complex <laughs> and deep about this. But I think. Um, there's a kind of level of fulfilment with happiness, which is kind of there's a deepness to it, which I had when I got married, definitely. But I think just kind of sort of giddy happiness, if I can describe it like that, was when I was in my mid-twenties. I think your twenties are amazing. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Yeah. What is a trait you most deplore in yourself? There's so many to choose from. Um, Probably that I have quite a temper. Wow. Really? I have not spotted that. Well, you wouldn't because you don't really know me, but it... Um, it comes out more of people I love the most, okay. which isn't nice. Yeah. I would say with me, it's definitely anxiety. It's one of the reasons I do struggle to sleep at times, and I get quite worried about things that haven't happened yet. Is anxiety a trait? I don't know. Because I have anxiety as well. That's interesting. Um, I've suffered quite badly with it in the past, but I, I don't think I'd ever count it as a trait of my personality. All right. It's it's something you're you deal with that you're afflicted with yeah. that you cope with, but it's not. I mean, it is part of you, but is it a trait? Maybe that's something we can revisit one that's, day. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we will revisit that. But yeah, I think in me personally, the thing I get frustrated with the most is how anxious I get about things that haven't happened yet really frustrates me like that hasn't happened yet and you're already worrying about how you might react in that situation things that haven't happened yet yeah i'm I, the opposite i'm anxious about things that have happened all right okay i get things worried that i shouldn't you know everyone else in the world would have forgotten about them yeah oh you sort of hold on to things oh god i, oh, hold, on to, I hold on to things unhealthily yeah okay that's interesting yeah, yeah. so actually yeah cut yeah, yeah like, temper was a bit of a bullshit answer <laughs> My, I hold on to things. I, I do not on. forget. Very good. Excellent. Okay. What is the trait you most deplore in others? 
being cruel, being unnecessarily cruel. I am a very forgiving person and I'm a very understanding person, but if someone is just a twat for no reason, I just can't get my head around it. For me, it's arrogance, definitely. I'd rather someone who is overly modest than even a little bit arrogant. I just hate arrogance in people. I don't. I think it's maybe a British thing, but I just don't like people sort of showing off about their lives. Or I think that's it goes back to the Instagram thing. I just I don't like people kind of putting themselves out there too much. Maybe that's a fault of mine, maybe. But yeah, arrogance. People thinking okay. too much of themselves. You've not known me for very long, but do you think I'm at all arrogant? No, not at all. You look to the left as you said that. You're lying. <laughs> I'm a tiny bit arrogant. No, I don't be arrogant at all. I put myself out there on social media quite a bit. I wouldn't be doing this podcast with you if I thought you were arrogant. <laughs> I, can I really tell Sachin totally thinks I'm arrogant. No, I don't. I'm a tiny bit what? arrogant. But that's interesting you say that because that <laughs> makes, it, makes me think you think you're arrogant. Not well, that you think that I, I think you're arrogant. I don't think I am arrogant, arrogant because I don't have much self-esteem to be honest. But I can see what other people would think I'm arrogant because I, I maybe kind of big myself up too much to hide my insecurities. Oh, this is like a therapy session. It has. You are well and truly on the on the third (laughs) glass for a second. No, I haven't. If I shifted my eyes, that's only because I've been seduced by the candle that's over your shoulder on the on the on the fireplace over there. But no, I don't think you're arrogant at all. Okay, good. That's interesting. I think you think I think you're arrogant, but I am not. I don't think you're arrogant. Okay, well, let's see in a few episodes' time. That people think you're arrogant in general for whatever reason, but I certainly don't. Okay. I was getting quite deep, quite interesting. Oh, we just had a bit of a moment there. Yeah. (laughs) What is your most treasured possession? Uh, My engagement ring. Now, yeah. Well, to appease my wife, Moni, I will say my wedding ring as well. I do genuinely get freaked out when I lose my wedding ring. I take it off to do the dishes and when I have a shower and occasionally I can't find it. And it's just like I've just put it in a different place to where I thought I put it. And I do get a bit freaked out. So... Hopefully, I've salvaged a little bit there from my original answer. I'm going to say my wedding ring. I'm working on my money. Yeah. Uh, But do you know what? A lot of people wear their engagement ring 24-7. Yeah. I take mine off the bed. I take mine off when I shower. I take my... Like, I don't wear it all the time. Sometimes when I'm having a lazy day at the weekend, I'll go a whole day without wearing it. And people are like, what? No, 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 no. You should wear it all the time. If for nothing else, insurance reasons, because a lot of insurers won't... um, won't insure you if if it goes missing when it's not on your finger and i'm like oh but i've always been the kind of person who can't wear like when i get in from work i have to rip all my jewelry off because i'm mm. i just don't feel comfortable with jewelry on full stop there you go so your most treasured possession but it's my most treasured pos- possession but i want it the fuck off my finger yeah. as soon as i get there you go. <laughs> in through the door so next yeah. question it's not the <laughs> engagement ring specific though as you say it's all no jewelry, no no, no. So. oh my god I, I love my engagement ring yeah if you could bring something back to life, something extinct back to life, what would you choose? Oh, I didn't see this when I was scanning the page earlier. That is a very interesting. Uh, could it be a dead person, or does it have to be a species? Well, I'm go- I'm going to choose a dead person. Oh. Um, I would like to bring back. Oh, I don't know, but actually, I'd quite like to bring... I was going to say Freddie Mercury, but actually, I think I'd like to bring back dinosaurs instead of Freddie Mercury. As long wow. as they don't... How do you think they would fit into our... Brutalise. Social media obsessed society. I'm swearing so much more than you, <laughs> because I've had much more alcohol than you. Um, but, oh, Freddie Mercury or dinosaurs? <laughs> the ultimate Sophie's choice. <laughs> okay, so... Freddie Mercury, but only if I could meet him. Yeah, I did. Love Dinosaurs, but only if I didn't have to go anywhere near one. Yeah, good choice. No, I love Freddie. I was a big Queen fan when I was a kid, because my older cousin was a huge Queen fan, so he sort of brought me into the Queen fraternity. I would choose um, my mum's mum, so my nan, Aww. who died when I was quite young. I sort of remember her, but it's very hazy. Like I've lost three of my four grandparents, but the other three I spent time with. I can kind of remember them. But my mum's mum died when I was probably about 10, 9 or 10. I have very hazy memories. She never met my brother, who's, um, who is 30. 
Is he 30? Yeah, he's 30. He'll be th yeah, he's just turned 30. Um, I also thought that was a bit of a shame because he, she died when he was either very, like literally a baby or before he was born. I can't quite remember. So, yeah, I'd probably bring my nan back. Um, but yeah, now she, I feel like a massive twat because I didn't say any of my dead relatives. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I obviously, everyone I've ever loved who's died then. Yeah. But, I mean, Freddie Mercury of dinosaurs, that's that's kind of the tagline <laughs> of this I podcast I think that episode. might be the selling point on Twitter, Yeah, to be exactly. What is your most unappealing habit? Oh, um, drinking too much Prosecco. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> Mine is kind of similar to your uh, your first answer to, uh, or not your first answer, but the trait deploying your emotion yourself. Similar, I get sort of frustrated very easily like especially with bad customer service i've become a real victim of you figure as i've got older i really deplore bad customer service i do lose my temper in public a lot with people who are kind of rude do you? um and i think i need to rain i'm not as bad as i used to be a few years ago it got really bad i got into a pushing match with somebody at blackfriars train station <gasps> uh, one of the guards there because no. uh, it was a train was cancelled and he refused to kind of tell me when the next one was and I think that was probably the moment I thought I need to sort myself out. Were you bit. pushing the guard? Or? Well, he was sort of, he nudged, he sort of pushed me, so I pushed back. Oh, you're um, that twat. Yeah, I'm that twat. Oh, don't so, be that twat. No, I'm so well, as I said, that was a moment where I, I eventually went home on a train, and I thought oh, you've probably gone a bit far there. But I do get frustrated in public quite quite quickly, so that's probably mine. Um, what did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be um, famous, basically, like an actress or a pop star. Um, but then I realised I can't sing or I can't act, so I became a journalist. There you go. Mine's very cliche. I wanted to be a footballer. I realised I wasn't good enough. <laughs> um, I then did. I then wanted to be a radio DJ. So maybe that's where all this podcasting comes from. But I sort of fell into print journalism. So anyway, um, maybe another sort of slightly cliched question here, which is difficult to answer. What is your guiltiest pleasure? I'll tell you why I find that question always a bit weird is because if you sort of like, unless it's really weird and sort of Frank Boff-esque kinky, I think everything you like, you're sort of entitled to like. It's yeah, like, why should like, you be why guilty? Why should you be guilty? Exactly. Um, I think my guiltiest pleasure probably is looking at the Daily Mail website. Yeah, that's a good answer. If I was to pick something... And I, I don't think I'm guilty about it at all. Like, I quite enjoy the work of Taylor Swift. I think her music is quite good. But okay. I, I don't well, think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's what's your favourite Taylor Swift song? Style. Style, I think. I don't know how it goes. From the 1989 album, a famous uh, sort of best album, like, uh, er, uh, career defining album, 1989. Sing it to me. Oh, I can't see. I can't I've drunk too much alcohol. I have not, you've barely drunk any. <laughs> um, he's coming to the end of his second pint, yeah. people, but, you know. Yeah. Um, 1989 everyone goes on about that album I've never listened to it all the way through but I, I do like that um, one she wrote about Harry Styles yeah. I knew you were trouble when you yeah, walked in that's from that I love that song yeah. but other than that I don't really know any of the songs I will play Style to you at some point excellent I do like Style maybe we should play out the, you know we, uh, well, we'll you know. come on to this yep. that's, a good, that's yep. a good idea we'll come on to this uh, what has been your biggest disappointment Oh my god, that was kind of deep. That was quite deep. We could skip that one um, if, you, if you feel like it. Nothing. I think when nothing immediately comes to mind, maybe we skip it. Yeah, that's quite a deep. One. I think we probably jumped too much to talk about that one. Well, no, it's like I can't. I, like, my mind doesn't even because my mind immediately went to work, but I was like, work isn't the be all end all, and then it went elsewhere elsewhere in my life. But that, honestly, I can't. I'm yeah. quite. I don't believe in. I believe everything happens for a reason. So you believe in fate. In terms of disappointment, I don't. I. I mean, I guess I could say the. Actually, actually, I have an answer. Go for it. The final season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's not your biggest disappointment. Is that yes, your? Yes, it is. All right. Okay. Yes, it is. Right. I'm going to shock you now. I've not seen a second, a millisecond of Game of Thrones. I've never watched <gasps> it. Not that it passed me by. I'm fully aware of it. I just never got into it. So I, I can't mean, come fair in. enough. Oh, is it really that bad? Uh, no, it is. Do you read? I do. I do read words. Yes, on pages and screens. Do you read books? I'm not. Uh, I'm not reading a book. I am reading James O'Brien's book, How to Be Right. I think it's called. At the you moment. don't enjoy reading fiction, though. No, I don't okay. read fiction generally. Well, no. um, I would say read the books, but. No, uh, give 
give Game of Thrones a go, I okay. would say. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know, you either like fantasy or you don't. Um, but I really, really, really enjoyed watching Game of Thrones. But the last season was a bit of a massive letdown for yeah. a lot of reasons that you couldn't possibly understand unless you watched it or knew any of the characters. And okay. people listening to this now will who have watched Game of Thrones will totally know what I mean and people listening to this now who haven't watched Game of Thrones will not give a single shit. Let's end on a nice cheery note. Tell yeah. us a joke. Oh jeez. Talk about pressure. Okay. Um, you tell me a joke while I think of my joke. How does Bob Marley like his donuts? We jamming? I know that. Oh god. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a joke that's not offensive. <laughs> I think we can tell offensive jokes. It's an adult podcast. We've been drinking. Actually, this is the oldest joke, like the first joke I remember being told to me as a child, and it it still cracks me up for some reason. So, um, oh, it's not even funny, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, this man had a wife called Lorraine. But then he fell in love with another woman. And that woman's... <laughs> I'm going to start this again. Right, go For on. editing purposes. Right. I'm keeping all take of this two. in. I'm keeping, no, I'm keeping all of this in. It's okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So, um, a man had a woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I need to think of another joke because I don't know how to tell this one. Okay. Um... Oh, God, every joke that comes to mind is un-PC, and I can't tell it. Tell a racist joke, I oh, dare No, you. no, I'm not racist. I dare you to tell a racist like... joke. Okay. Um, okay. So, a man was married. I'm going to say... You're telling the rain joke again. Yeah. Go on, go for it, go on. Third there was this guy, this. let's just say his name was Keith. Yeah. Keith was married to Lorraine. Keith was really happy with Lorraine. They had a nice life, but, you know, Keith had a bit of a wandering eye and he worked with this girl called Keely. And he really, really liked Keely, but he thought, no, I'm married to Lorraine. Um, you know, keep your eye on a ball, Keith. Just stop it, stop it. You're in love with Lorraine. Stop thinking about Keely. But alas... The more Keith tried, the more he fell in love with Keely. And he tried to think about Lorraine, but he just couldn't think, he couldn't stop thinking about Keely. <sighs> One day, tragedy struck. <laughs> One day, tragedy struck. <laughs> One day, tragedy struck. There you go. <laughs> I'm not even drunk, I just, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know how to say this, but... The rain died oh in a God. tragic accident. Jesus. Keith was absolutely devastated. devastated. Yeah, he was so devastated. But, you know, when the funeral was done, the wake was over, he looked over at Keely and he sang to himself. I can see Keely now, the oh rain is gone. God. <laughs> That is horrendous. <laughs> All that build-up for oh that horrific god. punchline. <laughs> oh my god, do not! If you include that, we are never going to get any listeners or guests ever. I'm absolutely keeping that in. And on that note, <laughs> I think we're going to end episode one. Yeah, I think we're better. Is this thing on? Have I got the is name right? On? Is this thing that on? That is, is the name. Is that this is the name. I've been struggling with it. It's a great name. It's the name of this podcast. Thank you for listening. So the way we're going to end this podcast, or the way we're going to end all podcasts is by playing music. Now, the way we're going to normally do it is we're going to take it in turns, hand each other our respective phones, and you're going to hit shuffle on our... You've got Spotify, haven't you? I do. You've got Spotify. I've got Apple Music. So the way it's going to work is we're going to take it in turns. I will give Lindsay my phone one week. She will hit shuffle on Apple Music. Whatever song comes up, that's how we're going to end the podcast and the next week I will take Lindsay's phone and I will hit shuffle on Spotify and whatever song comes up will be the end uh, the lead out music for the podcast episode but for this one shall we go with Style by Taylor Swift because you, you, you've either never heard it or you can't 
think how it how it oh, plays. I can see clearly now the rain has gone. Or, uh, yeah, we'll go. I think we'll go with style okay, by Taylor we'll Swift. We'll so <laughs> we will end this podcast with style by Taylor Swift, my favorite Taylor Swift song. Lindsay, it's been an absolute pleasure. I don't know it's how me. this is going to listen. Uh, how this is going <laughs> to um, come across to our listeners. Please edit me. I'm going to do a lot of editing because it's got a bit messy at the end. But also, it's been a lot of fun. And we will do this again. Until next time, Lindsay. Take and next care. time, Sachin will drink as much as me. I will do. Take care. Bye-bye. Watch us go round and round each time You got that gene